Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast, where we believe children are a heritage from the Lord, and we are working toward the immediate and total abolition of abortion in Missouri. I'm your host, Brandon. This is episode 16, and I'm joined uh, here today by Wes Scroggins and Missouri State Senator Mike Moon. Uh, guys, thank you so much for, for coming on with me, and, and it's it's uh, nobody else knows this, but it's been actually a pretty big chore to get us all to be able to sit down and have this meeting. So I'm really glad we were able to finally do that. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, thank you for all your persistence, Brandon, to get this to work. And Dr. West, it's good working with you too. Yeah, same. Same with you. So, um, Wes, uh, not to not to take any spotlight off of you and all you do, um, uh, but our listeners, anybody who's listened to even a few episodes would know that you are president of AAMO and working hard and, and helping uh, the cause of abolition in manifold ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, although it's probably true that most of our listeners also know who, who Mike Moon is, um, he's never formed, you know, Mike, you've never formally been introduced on this podcast. So uh, take just a second and, and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, uh, where you've been, where you're going, uh, those types of things. Okay. Well, uh, I am uh, currently a resident of Lawrence County, Missouri. I didn't start out there, though. I uh, was born in North Carolina. Some may recognize the name Dale Earnhardt. Uh, Dale Earnhardt was born about seven years before me in a town called Kannapolis, North Carolina. And the Lord brought our family to Virginia when I was uh, just finished my first grade year. My dad took a job with the civil service. And so we tagged along behind him. And uh, in Virginia is where I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I uh, committed my life to him as an 11-year-old boy. And um, so after I finished high school, I came out to Springfield, Missouri to attend Baptist Bible College. And that's where I met my wife, Denise. And we've been married now 42 years. Awesome. We have five children and six grandchildren. And we have some of our children serving in ministry uh, areas and others in secular uh, areas, too. But um, uh, after, after about 28 years of working at Mercy Hospital in Springfield, um, I was um, downsized. And it's neat how the Lord had another opportunity for me. And so within uh, just a month of uh, ending my career of 28 years at uh, the hospital, I was elected to serve uh, in the, the state house for Lawrence County. After eight years serving there, I was uh, elected to be uh, the senator for the 29th Senatorial District in Southwest Missouri, which currently includes Lawrence, Haney, Stone, McDonald, and Berry counties. On January 1st, though, two counties, Taney and Stone, will be removed and replaced with uh, Christian County. And so that will be the new district for the 29th Senatorial District uh, starting in 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that leads me up to today. And we have a tremendous opportunity to to forward, I think, a godly principle and, uh, and really protecting 
and respecting life. And that's with Senate Bill 356. So hopefully we'll get some time to take to talk about that and let uh, the folks who are listening learn how they can help with that effort too. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we're, we're all thankful for the providence of God in uh, working through you and uh, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's acceptable to say, I'm thankful you were downsized because I would have never known you until that happened. Then, uh, then I am, I am for sure. Blessings in disguises. Right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Sometimes you know. guys, uh, sometimes maybe we'll have the opportunity to talk more in detail to, to see how the Lord had this plan. It was something I would have never planned myself, nor could I have orchestrated uh, the way that he did it. I mean, it's just so neat the way that he, he, uh, he cares for us. He knows what we need and he provides it at the exact time we need it. And, uh, so hopefully we can, uh, talk about that and be, be a blessing to others too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, we are, uh, so thankful for you, you and your work, especially, I mean, you're, you're a good principled, uh, godly man, and we're thankful to have you representing us in, um, lots of different areas in the political arena, but specifically here on the AAMO podcast, we're talking about abortion and ending it. And so, yeah, talk to us a little bit about, um, the Senate bill. It's, it's officially been filed, right? And so talk to talk a little bit about, um, what's going on where things are um and uh the substance of the bill maybe um things that i kind of just want to let you riff for a little while on on the bill where it is and uh um i I mentioned before we started you know kind of even your your hopes and fears for it you know what what we're excited about and maybe some of the challenges that we think we're going to be facing okay well i i misspoke the bill has been pre-filed and so on uh that's my fault. The January 4th, uh, we start session and um, the bills will actually be formally filed at that point. It's got the number though, Senate Bill 356 is the number for the Abolish Abortion in Missouri Act. And so it's essentially there, just uh, technicalities where we're not in session yet. Right. But the bill will recognize the, uh, the sanctity of human life uh, and it will treat an unborn or a developing human baby uh, as a um, a person at every stage of development, it'll the person will have all the rights and privileges and immunities that any other person uh, in Missouri will have. And I think that's an important part because we failed to recognize a developing human baby as uh, a person, and we treat it just like some people have talked about, just a a glob of tissue, and it's not. Uh, we could uh, talk biblically and scripturally about how God says he knew us before we were formed in the womb. Absolutely. And um, I, I think that's important. And, you know, when you look at the science, science is caught up with the Bible. Uh, it now, uh, science recognizes that uh, once a, a human female egg is fertilized by a male sperm, that something happened. Uh, I think it was Princeton University put together a video of what happens at the time of fertilization, and it was like an explosion of light. So something is there, it's happening, and this is actually a life that has been created, and it it deserves protection. So this bill will uh, offer that when passed. It also would would provide that um, when a person is accused of committing an offense against another person, we already have laws like that, 
but not against the unborn child necessarily. Uh, there are some cases that, that uh, for example, when a, uh, a pregnant woman is killed, uh, murdered by another, or even um, injured in a car accident and killed, uh, there have been cases where uh, two charges have been uh, filed against the perpetrator. And you wonder, well, wait a minute, why are we considering charging, uh, 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 letting the charge of murder against a person who killed a woman who's pregnant when we don't consider the act of abortion a murder? Right. And so that that's a conundrum that some people haven't really uh, clearly thought out, but, but it's happened <clears throat> already. Um, and so what this would do in addition to um, recognizing this life as a, a person with all the protected laws that are guaranteed under uh, the Constitution for uh, those outside the womb, it would um, also allow for the charging of another who um, played a part in killing this new life. And that's something that you talked about with some of the hiccups that we might have. Um, that's a hurdle that's going to be probably a big one to jump because people are already coming out against this bill because they don't think it's right to charge a mother who has um, been a uh, a compliant and complicit participant in uh, the act of abortion. When someone goes into an abortion clinic seeking to kill a human child, there should be consequences. Absolutely. Um, and so to, to that act. So, and there are folks who are saying, well, you can't charge a mother. Well, if we recognize this as a human life, which I believe it is, whether we recognize it in statute or not, right. uh, there are consequences to our actions. And uh, as hard as it might be to, uh, to charge a, uh, a woman for killing her child, I don't see it much different, uh, and I should say preborn. I don't see it much different as charging a mother of a two-year-old. If right. the mother has killed that two-year-old, would she not be charged? And I, I think there absolutely would be a charge leveled against her. So it's it's the same thought process, but it's it's hard to uh, come to grips uh, with that for for those who don't want to see any charges leveled against a woman who uh, ends her pregnancy. I, I would. Uh... I want to point all those people to this very podcast because we've spent quite a few episodes um, trying to answer those types of objections and reason through them and, and approach it in a, a biblical and reasonable way. And I, I, yeah, you, you said it so well, it, it's, it makes uh, it, it makes us look inconsistent and hypocritical when um you know, you can get a double homicide uh, for, uh, or even you know, double case of double charge of manslaughter for uh, accidentally hitting a mom who's pregnant, but that mom is somehow absolved if she does the same thing on her own. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, yeah. and it, it makes us look foolish. It just makes it, you know, makes us look completely um, uh, like like we're not capable of logical, rational thought, and to to see these inconsistencies. And mm -hmm. so that's what this bill yeah. does. I mean, it, this bill provides that it, it creates that consistency yes. by basically creating justice and equal protection under the law for the preborn, and uh, you know, treating the the preborn just like every other 
you know, um, human being, born person. And so uh, that that is why Senate Bill 356 is so needed, uh, is to is to create that equal protection and justice. Mm -hmm. I agree. And and on the uh, another note, you talked about some of the hurdles that we might uh, have difficulty crossing. There, I've become aware uh, recently of a, a group that is at least organizing to fight against this bill, and one of their primary um, points is that um, we are um, not allowing any exceptions. For example, with a rape right. or the act of incest, those are horrible, and um, those shouldn't happen. And the perpetrators ought to be punished to the fullest extent of the law. But mm -hmm. one of the comebacks that I used years ago when I was still in the House, when asked about, you know, uh, why are we not allowing these exceptions, I, I asked about the name Jesse Jackson, you probably know who he is. Most of the listeners probably would mm -hmm. have at least uh, some idea who Jesse sure. Jackson is. Yes. And um, he was actually conceived in an act of rape. And so when I mentioned that, I, I, I made the point, I asked the question, should we kill Je Jesse Jackson? Does he not deserve to live? And there was no response at all from anyone, not even Democrats. They were silent. And I believe the reason they were silent is because they realized that, yeah, he he's, has a he's a valuable human being. Now I don't agree at all with his um, philosophies or politics, but nonetheless, he's a live human. And just because he was conceived in the act of rape, does not mean that he should have been killed or the mother should have been allowed to kill him. And so. There are situations, I think we can find numerous ones, where there have been children conceived in, during an act of rape, and uh, they were allowed to develop and to be born, and these become loved human beings, even by the mother. Sometimes they're given up in adoption, but uh, the bottom line is two wrongs don't make a right. Absolutely. Just because there was a rape that was committed, that rapist ought to be punished. I, I would go even as far as to say he should suffer something maybe even as severe as castration if, if it's proven that he actually was the perpetrator. That That's pretty strong. But mm -hmm. we've got to stop these acts. And the acts won't be stopped by killing the baby that was conceived. Right. There's no justice there at all. There's no justice. That's, that's right. right. And and honestly, the truth is that um, a, a case like Jesse Jackson, where um, we're sitting here and and, and as Christians um, and uh, explicitly holding uh, a biblical worldview and definition of justice and and um, willing to stand and, and and fight and be be called names with people who disagree with us, but. Uh, we want those people who disagree with us to be alive. You know, we, we, uh, yeah, we, you know, and so it's like, we're, we're, we're not, um, there, there's zero discrimination here. What justice actually doesn't discriminate. You know, we get said, it gets said that we discriminate against uh, uh, women or against victims or something like that. But, but what we're saying is, is no, it doesn't matter if you agree with us, disagree with us. Doesn't matter if you're man, woman, child, doesn't matter. Um, we want your life to be protected. And uh, the Absolutely. only inconsistency has just come from from people who believe that that there's one class of human beings, uh, preborn children, that somehow don't deserve to have their lives protected. 
And uh, I love that we're trying to to right that wrong and and right that inconsistency. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is no partiality with God, and He has told us that we cannot be partial either. Absolutely. Um, you know, as we are are obedient to Him and serve Him, and and so uh, Scripture is very clear. You know, as well that that um, you know children are not responsible for the sins of the fathers. And vice versa, that fathers you are not responsible for the sins of the children, and so we're each responsible, you know, for our own actions. And so, um, yeah, we uh, it's 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 unjust to to punish uh, the the child for something that the fathers do. Right, right. Yeah. So that's that's going to be a big hurdle, you know. Yet once again, is just trying to help people uh, catch and see, understand uh, that inconsistency and desire to ride it. That's. Um, I mean, I, I know that's been a, a trouble and a struggle in the past. Would you say that we've made any headway um, among other other people in the legislature uh, on that on that issue? I, I think there are a number of senators, at least, and probably a, a good number of House members who actually would support this bill. Uh, yet there there is a, a term that you probably have heard of uh, called political expediency. And oftentimes when you're having to do something that might be hard, and, and certainly this, this will be uh, something that's difficult to do, but it's the right thing to do. And we should not be concerned about our next election. We should not be concerned about what man thinks about what we're trying to do, because in God's eyes, I believe this is the right thing to do. Absolutely. Uh, we should be more concerned with pleasing the Lord. And if um, if we were to actually talk to people behind the closed doors, we would have probably close to enough to get this bill passed. But because of political expediency and what is, uh, how is this vote or debate going to affect my career? Uh, that's where we get into problems. And that's a sad statement, but yes. I think that's uh, in large part the truth. So Pivot with me, and and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, uh, Mike, I've heard you speak about this before. Um, there is the principles that we obviously must stand on, but there are also the practicals and the pragmatics that come from recognizing challenges like that. So with respect to how to overcome those challenges, obviously we want to, we want to urge our, our, uh, lawmakers and representatives, we want to urge them to stand on principle, especially the principle of God's word, of course. We want to do that, and we want to be able to talk with them. But what are some other things? Because, um, you, know, you know, no politician would fear uh, if they knew that everybody in their, everybody in their, um, the areas that they represented was going to back them on this decision, you know, or if they knew that, that, that they were going to be able to have the full support of their constituents. So what are some things we can do maybe on the practical side or pragmatic side to help these lawmakers see that, that um, in spite of what they might hear from the, the, the loud and the left, uh, there are actually a lot of people who want to see abortion ended. There really are a lot of, a lot of their constituents in every district want to see abortion ended. I do believe you're correct, Brandon. And, and on that line, I think that if the, the, those who are in Missouri uh, would, especially those who agree with us, would contact the legislator and tell them, we want you to support this bill. I, I believe there is a 
a majority, actually, of uh, voters in Missouri who want to see this passed. They may not understand every uh, nook and cranny and the nuance in the bill, sure. but they, they do believe that abortion should be stopped and people need to be held accountable for their actions if they're participating in the Abortion Act. And so I would encourage all those who are listening uh, to not just contact your senator and your representative personally, but also talk to your friends and your family and have them do the same. Because mm -hmm. if we could encourage the lawmakers to do this, then, as you pointed out, uh, there would be no fear because they would have a majority of their constituents asking them to support it. So I think that's a great point, Brandon. And so if, if listeners would would reach out to your friends and your family and then contact your legislator either by phone or by email or even send a postcard, let them know that you support Senate Bill 356 and you want to see it passed. I think that would uh, be a huge um, uh, support in getting this done. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that is something that this podcast is, is very, very specifically dedicated to. Uh, as a matter of fact, for those who are listening, um, if you go back um, in our episodes, just a few episodes, I think to episode 12, we put out a, a voting guide with, with some uh, names of very specific legislature, legis legislators uh, throughout Missouri who have already said that they would be willing to, to support and they, they lean that way already. We've also just published uh, the the map, the, the district map, so that you can go and you can see what district you're in based on where you live and you can find your senator. And we've published the contact info. We've tried to make it easy on you folks. Uh, we need your help. And so we've tried to, to do the hard work of providing all that information on the front end for you. And we, we really need you to help us and, and um, you know, Mike's sponsoring this bill and he's going to need your support uh, specifically. And then he's going to need the support of your representatives and senators specifically as well. So uh, we just deeply encourage you to do that. I, I won't, I won't harp on that. Uh, I'll, I'll jump back off the horse there, but we just, we say it all the time and we desperately need uh, y'all's help, uh, not just to listen, although that's wonderful, uh, but to to share and and take action. And on that note, and, and and this is one of the last couple of things I wanted to ask you about, Mike. But are there any other things? So I know, and I've heard you talk, and I've I've been around abolitionists now for for long enough to know that this is the the number one thing politically that we can do is contact. But are there are there some other things maybe that I'm not thinking of or that don't get talked about as much um, that we can also be doing to uh, uh, work toward the success of this bill? Well, of course, uh, bringing this before the Lord and uh, asking him in prayer to do the things that we can't. Uh, he can change the hearts and minds of people, uh, and, and we can't often do that. Um, but in addition to the calls and the letters and the emails and things of that sort, uh, if you are able and willing to come testify, when the bill is uh, is scheduled for a hearing, uh, the more people present shows uh, the committee that there is substantial support for the bill. So that would be encouraged. If you know someone who uh, might have a personal testimony that could be uh, used to sway the committee, uh, that would of course be helpful too. But all these things coupled together will ultimately lead to success. And um, we will probably have time uh, have a time, I should say, during the session that we would want you to contact uh, the up incoming 
President Pro Tem of the Senate, Caleb Rowden, to ask him to refer this bill to a committee. So um, we'll keep in touch with that. And then after that point, to uh, have the, the chairman of the committee urge to hear it and then to vote it out of committee. And then once that happens, it will go to the floor, be placed on the calendar. And then incoming majority floor leader, Cindy O'Loughlin, will be encouraged to uh, bring it to the floor for debate. And so all those things uh, have certain timings as they, they'll go along, and uh, we'll try to keep you updated on that. Absolutely. But um, we certainly appreciate all those who are interested in seeing this pass. And uh, if, if they want to contact me, I would encourage them to do so, and uh, we can get them plugged in. Uh, Dr. West, I'm sure, will have some opportunities as well. As well. And um, so uh, the more involved, the better. I think we'll have success if, if we can uh, have a multitude of people helping us with it. Yeah. And and we're we're already have already moved on uh, getting information out about the need to call Senator Rowden, and so Abolish Abortion Missouri has already sent that information out to all of our subscribers, and um, you know to to basically be calling his office and asking him to refer SB three fifty six to committee as soon as possible. All right, not not to set on it. And Brandon, do do we have time? Can I can I give his number, his phone number? Yeah, I was I was going to ask. Yeah, let's let's do that. And, yeah. and then Mike, I, I wanted you to to tell us what are, what's the best way for for them to contact you too. So let's make sure we do both of those things before okay. we wrap up here. Okay. Well, Senator Rowden, who is the uh, is going to be the Senate President, Senate the, the President Pro Tem, uh, he needs to hear from us. His phone number is area code five seven three. Okay, 751-3931, all right? And please give him a call, his office a call, and just simply ask that once session begins next Wednesday, that he move on SB 356 and get it assigned to a committee ASAP, all right? He needs to hear from us. Awesome. Yeah. And then, and then Mike, just uh, real fast, just so that I, cause I'll put these, these types of things in our show notes uh, for people to be able to have as they're listening, or if they just want to see kind of the, the rough outline. So what's, what's the best place, you know, to, to, uh, <laughs> I don't think any of our listeners are going to call and yell at you. So you shouldn't, there shouldn't be any of that worry, <laughs> but um, to, to, to call and support you or to call and ask questions or, or to call and get involved or, or, or email, you know, what's the, what's the best way to, to get a hold of you? Okay. Uh, my phone number is area code 573-751-1480. And my email is mike.moon at Senate mo.gov and uh, if you if you go to the Senate website at senate.mo.gov you can look me and the other senators up find all the contact information uh, you can sign up for my uh, email newsletter if you will and keep track of uh, some of the things including Senate bill 356 that uh, we have going on and we'd love to have you be a part Absolutely. Well, uh, Mike, I say thank you uh, again so much for, for being here. How just before we go, we we, we want uh, especially to support godly lawmakers because we, we recognize how impactful uh, you are to 
our existence as Missourians. And so how, how can we pray for you? Obviously we're going to, we're going to be covering this bill in prayer and covering you in your pursuit of it in prayer, but is there anything else, um, any other prayer requests, you know, that you feel comfortable mentioning, uh, to a bunch of strangers, but anything else that we can pray for you with? Sure. Uh, you know, um, Satan, um, uh, seeks to kill, uh, and destroy. And um, I have I have seen marriages um, gone, you know, uh, sour uh, because of a variety of different things. But I've been married to my wife Denise for 42 years, and um, I, I believe Satan's working on us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I would ask that. Um, that you would um, ask your listeners to pray for me and that I would be a good husband to Denise and that I would love her and cherish her and that uh, God would build a hedge around our marriage so that um, I, I wouldn't be strayed uh, um, off on, uh, on things I shouldn't be uh, and that I would focus on my, my marriage and our relationship uh, first and foremost. And, um, you know, Satan does things, you know, he, he can cause us to uh, become angry and put things in front of us that, um, that cause us to be distracted, quite honestly. And so uh, that's the first and foremost thing, because I, I, uh, I do love Denise and uh, I love my children. And, uh, of course, I, I want to do what's right in the legislature, too. But my first responsibility is to my family. And um, I would hate to fall by the wayside like I've seen some legislators do where they come to Jefferson City and their marriages fall apart. Yeah, Um, Yeah. It's important work, but not so important uh, to lose what God has given me. That would be my my first prayer. As a. As a pastor, you know, um, there's a, a statement, don't sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry. And it's a, it's a constant challenge for a lot of, a lot of pastors. And I can, I can only imagine that the uh, uh, same kinds of temptations and same kinds of struggles are, are there present uh, anytime you're in a position uh, of leadership like what you are, where, where there's so many pressures from so many other people besides just your family. And so we will definitely cover that in prayer as well. Yeah. And Senator Moon, I want to assure you, you have our prayers. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys again. This has been very, very helpful. Uh, and Senator Moon, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking with us. And uh, you're welcome. So, so very few politicians are, are willing to take strong stances on anything. Um especially when they are so uh, countercultural, And so we're just so thankful that you, uh, you, you are not seeking to please men, but please God. And we're going to try to continue to support you and anybody else who's uh, anybody else in our legislature who's willing to join with you in that fight. We want to support them too. So folks uh, you've, you've, heard us say these types of things and now you've heard it from uh, uh, our senator here as well there's there's a lot of steps that go into getting an abolition bill passed and we have to be active the entire way through and and so we've got time even now to be making phone calls I, I urge you make it one of your new year's resolutions to uh, be a much more 
active fighter uh, for abolition in Missouri. And I think that, that that could go a long way. Well, gents, anything else that you need that you want to say before we kind of wrap up shop here today? Brandon, just just let me say real quick, just kind of reiterate what you guys have already, I think, stated very well. But just let me say again, I mean, yeah, you know, we're we're asking, you know, legislators to take a a big stand on on a very, very controversial, tough issue, right? That that a lot of people you know, have very, very strong feelings about and, and disagree with us over. And if we expect them to take the stand that we're asking them to take, they have to hear from us. They're not going to take that stand, um, you know, those difficult, difficult stands, unless they hear from us and know that they have support, um, you know, and the, the will of the people for them to do so. So again, please, you know, um, make those contacts, you know, to your senator, to, to Senator Rowden, and um, let them let them hear from you and uh, let the you know it, it be known to them that we want them to take this stand and abolish abortion in Missouri. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, this has been the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast, where we believe children are a heritage from the Lord, and we are working toward the immediate and total abolition of abortion in Missouri. And we are working hard for it, folks. We thank you so much for listening. We encourage you, as always, to like and subscribe to this podcast. But most importantly, share uh, this podcast with others and get involved uh, in the fight. You know, as we've listed so many different actionable items here and in, in past episodes. Uh, of course, we continue to ask that if you're if you're um, appreciative and want to be involved and, and support Abolish Abortion Missouri, that you go to our website and you sign up for our newsletter and also uh, that, that you would donate, that you would donate to support this financially as well. And that that's all found on our homepage. You can go there and, and there's a big button that says donate and, and uh, it does take financial assistance to to make this operation run and to to make it run well and to be successful so we we encourage you to do that as well we thank you again for all the ways that you all uh, so many of our listeners have and do support the work that we're doing and we look forward to, to continuing to be able to fight that with you so until next time abortion must be abolished